Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's word, fellowship, and prayer. This is good. Uh, I got like plenty of water, man. I got the whole thing. This is good. Um, well, it's good to be here. So my wife Kylie is here. He said, <laughs> Kylie, maybe you know her. This feels good to be here because um, I know a lot of you guys, maybe in a different context. I'm not in the Kaya class, but um, many of you were in the youth ministry. Uh, Foxbox, we play Foxbox, Andy and, and I and several of you and um, there's other people who I've been in ministry with in, in different ministries at the church and so this is cool, it feels um, a lot better than it has in the past. I've been to Kaya and so nervous because like, I didn't know everybody but I do know quite a bit of you and I feel good. You feel good? Yes, sir. Ready? Okay. Um, we're going we're gonna to dive into the word but we're going to kind of pivot from actually what Andrew, he prayed and then disappeared. And what Andrew preached on Tuesday, uh, we're going to kind of jump off of that. Um, and we're going to talk about a biblical perspective of work, of working um, in general. And we'll talk about three different things that we work at. Um, but I, I want to just continue from, from Andrew, Andrew's preaching So with this story. So on Tuesday, Andrew preaches about being weak and feeble. And uh, so I'm like, man, this is good. I'm eating it up as he's preaching. And then I get in my car, and I'm, my, my car is on E. And so um, I'm like, why do I get gas? How do I get home? So I, I go to the gas station. And is Anna Ryan here? Anna, are you in here? Anna. Okay, so I pull up to the gas station. And then Anna is also pulling in to get gas. And she's got Trevon Thurman with her. Maybe you know Trevon. And so Travon in, in Travon fashion gets out of Anna's car and he runs over to my car, but he doesn't know what he's running up on. Okay, so I, I pull into the gas station parking lot and all the, the pumps are taken. So I'm like, okay, we'll I'll circle around. So I, I drive around in one big circle. There's a car in front of me. He got his spots. I keep driving and I go back to the first spot that you can pull into as you get in the parking lot. And I pull up, and the car is backing out. So I'm like, sweet. So I slip in, right? Well, little did I know um, there was a person waiting in line to get that pump. And so he, he pulls up to, next to my car and rolls his window down. He's got a way nicer car than me. He's way cooler than me. He rolls the window down. He's like, hey, you know I was waiting for this pump, right? And I was like, well, no. I was here first, like I was, I was circling around. He was like, well, circling's not waiting in line. <laughs> and so at this point, I'm like, all right, dude. So I'm like, okay, what is it? And he's like, I don't know, being stupid. <laughs> and, and he drives off, and Travon Thurman is standing right outside of my car this whole time. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is bad. 
So I, I get out of my car, and Trevon's like, hey, Jeff. And I'm like, hey, did you hear that guy? Like, man, he's, he's talking to me. He's like, oh, no, I thought it was somebody from church. I'm like, no, that guy's <laughs> he was coming. He was coming to get my parking spot, my, my gas pump. Uh, so I, I say that to say, okay, in that instance of where I wanted to get out of my car and jump in that dude's car, which I wouldn't have done because I'm soft, but I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to go into attack mode, which I don't have one of those, but I wanted to, and I, what could I do? But man, I'm, I'm like in this confrontation and I just run to the rock, you know? Like, what am I gonna do? I gotta fight some dude over a gas pump? Of course not, that's silly and, and petty. But I was in my feelings. That got me all riled up. I was like, man, Lord, you got this. You got this. Because I'm only going to make a fool of myself in front of a, a student of mine. This is foolish. What am I going to do? So, Lord, you take care of this. And I was hoping he didn't show up this morning because I was planning on telling that story. I don't think he's here. You're not here, are you? No, he's not. Okay, good. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Good. But we need to pray for that guy. Um, so... So the point is, we're feeble, and what Andrew had preached, what he, what, he, what he pulled out of the word for us was that we're weak and feeble, but there is another side to that coin. That's a coin of truth, and on, on one side, it's that we're weak and feeble, but on the other side of that coin, uh, we can be strong and mighty, right? Uh, when considering being, uh, being in, in a situation where we have to run to the rock, to Christ the rock, what we're actually doing in that moment is we're saying, God, I need you to take care of me, to cover me, but, but Lord, make me strong to get through this. Right? Make me mighty to be able to, in that situation, not mouth off and get into foolishness with somebody. Make me strong and able to, to lay my life down for a person. You know what I'm saying? Running to the rock isn't just cowering away in fear. It's saying, I'm going to stand in truth, and Lord, I'm going to let you be strong through me, right? And so we're going to talk about that, um, and, and, and we're going to talk about being strong, mighty, and, and doing the work of God in three ways that I think of. When I think of being strong, I think of three things. Three. Had two first, second, three. Three areas of our lives. Number one, our marriages. I think of our marriages, I think of our ministries, and I think of our careers, Marriages, ministries, careers. These are three things that I never get to talk about because I'm in youth ministry. <laughs> so this is going to be refreshing, but I might be way off. I mean, shoot, I never talk about this. So uh, speaking of the youth, okay, several of you, I see familiar faces because you've been in youth ministry. If you were ever in youth ministry with me and you're not currently, would you just throw a hand up, wave at me? This is good, man. These are my homies. This is awesome. Yeah. Okay. It's crazy seeing you guys in this context, but it's crazy cool. I really love being able to hang with you. Zaira and I, we used to hang out like every day because she was in my class at school. <laughs> I was her teacher. <laughs> We're best buds. We just hung out. No, so this is cool. Um, but I never get to talk about that because I hang out with, on a regular basis, people who maybe have, maybe have jobs and are involved in ministry, but certainly aren't married. If you're a junior or a senior, I brought some friends with me. Would you throw your hand up and wave to our peeps in here? So I got a handful. They're scattered around. Yeah, this is good. These are the juniors and seniors. So these are people that, that, you, get, um, that you get to hang with in the next couple of years. Um, but anyways... 
three areas of our lives, marriages, ministries, careers. And as we consider the scriptures this morning, we're going to look at some verses, and, and I would invite you to also consider how these scriptures, how these verses apply to any and all of those areas of your life. Okay? I don't, we don't want to just exercise looking at a bunch of verses, right? Walking away saying, I learned something at church, and not diligently say, I'm going to apply these to my life. I'm going to live this out. I'm going to work this out. And so I'm going to pray again. This is one of those mornings where everybody prays before we get started. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue that. I'm going to pray. And if you would pray with me, pray for me, pray for each other. We're going to pray that the Lord's word is effectual in our hearts and in our lives. So pray with me. Lord, thank you so much again for this morning. Um, and God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you, you've given us very clear expectations and instructions uh, to, to live by. Lord, thank you that while we're weak, and feeble, you're strong. Um, and God, thank you that you know, as we run to you, when we go to abide in you, that, that you make us strong. You make us more than conquerors. And uh, so, Lord, would you help us to realize that reality, that we can be strong, that we can be mighty, that we can work, that we can build, that we can be um, who, who, you've, who you've called us to be, mighty men and women of God. Lord, would this morning be an encouragement to us? Would it be uh, challenging to us? Would it be just you having your way with us? That's what we want, Lord. And so we surrender that to you. I surrender my mouth to you and my heart and my mind. And Lord, just ask that you please, please, please um, speak to us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so... <clears throat> Proverbs 24, that's where we're going to be this morning, so if you would, in your Bible, flip to Proverbs chapter 24. We're going to look at a few verses, we're going to cover several verses this morning. Proverbs chapter 24. I pulled it up, too. I tricked you. I wanted you to, to open your Bible so you could follow along, but I've also got it up on the screen here. Um, but Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 24. We're going to get a key consideration really quick, right off the bat. We're going to get something to consider automatically. Proverbs 20, 24, verse 3 through 4, it says this. Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So you've got three very active, strong words. In these couple of verses, right? You've got build it, established, filled. These are actionable terms, right? These are things that you do, that we do, right? And those three things require something. They require wisdom, strength, discipline, right? So our key consideration, just from these two verses, through wisdom is in house builded. You need wisdom to build. Understanding, to establish, knowledge, you fill the chambers with precious and pleasant riches. The key consideration is to build, establish, and fill a home. Because this is talking about a home, right? You build a house, establish it, fill it. To build, establish, and fill a home requires wisdom, strength, and discipline. Requires wisdom, strength, and discipline. So we're going to talk about three different things that we build. Homes in terms of marriage, 
our homes in terms of um, our ministry, and then lastly, a career, building a career. But to start with, I want to ask you a couple questions. Who in here, by show of hands, is married or wants to be married? You are married or would like to be married? Okay, cool. Lots of people. Kylie's hand's not up. Okay, all right. She's claiming me. Okay, now what I really want to know, what I need here is who in here has been married the longest? I have a couple people I'm thinking of. My wife and I, we've been married for seven years. So so seven is the number of perfection. So we've got this thing perfectly, right? I have a perfect understanding that our marriage is far from perfect, right? <laughs> but who in here has been married the longest? Raise your hand if it's seven years or more. There's one other group. Yes. Oh. That's who I was thinking of. I was thinking of you guys. Okay, so how many years have you guys been married? Twelve. Awesome. So that's as old as like some of our middle schoolers. That's good. <laughs> that's great. Okay, so you guys can testify of some of these things that I say up front. You can bear witness of, of some of these truths that we need. Okay, if we're married or we want to be married, we need, we need to understand this. In terms of building our homes in marriage, right, whenever you are married or you're getting married, there's a couple rules. These are pretty easy. The man, we know this, the man, he provides. Right? The man provides. He lays down his life. He loves. He leads. He labors and protects. These are things we see in scripture. The man's role in a marriage. Right? And the woman, from what we see in scripture, is she builds the home. See that in Proverbs 31. She submits to the husband. She honors him. She loves him and she helps him. Right? So they're, they're serving one another in such a way that serves God. But both roles require work. Yeah? Married people, is it work to be married? It's so much work, you guys. I have so many conversations with Kylie about our marriage, about our children, about work, about our home, about the different endeavors and things that we have going on. There's so many conversations that we have to work through, and they're hard, right? Because it's not as simple as, hey, let's just do whatever I want to do. Right? If I take that approach, what happens to the marriage? <laughs> yes, yeah, the bomb whistle. It, it fails, right? And vice versa. This is hard work. Right? Kylie and I, let's see if we get an example. Kylie and I, there's been like 15 of them this weekend. I don't know. My clothing endeavor, okay. See, this is an example where I don't want to go there, but she does, so I will. Okay, we'll go there, all right. I'm showing you laying down my life, okay. So I like clothes. I like clothes, okay, but I, I really like clothes, and even more than I like clothes, because I don't know a whole lot about clothes, but I do like going to thrift stores and buying clothes, right? It sounds like there's a role reversal. That's what the woman does. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> so I like to go to the thrift store. I like to pick up cool clothes. And I've, I've just recently decided, I've thought about this for many years, I've decided I'm going to try to sell them. And so I, I got an eBay account, 
and I've got 10 items listed. I've got a couple of them where there, there's some bids on them. I'm feeling good. And we, Kylie and I have a conversation, even last night. Uh, and she's, she's giving me some really great insights to how, how I could sell and how I could make more profit. And I was in a different state of mind. I did not want to strategize about how to make a profit. I just wanted her to say, hey, you're doing great. Keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> and so then she, she makes comments that I don't want to hear. And then I'm like, ah, just, you know what you could do is you could just like be a cheerleader, okay? Just like get off my back, mom, right? <laughs> and I obviously didn't say that, but she was just being helpful. And so she, in her godliness, was like, okay, yeah, no problem. Like, I understand. I get it. And so we were able to work through it. But that conversation was one of many that we had to have that just it shows, man, marriages work, right? And you can't be weak and have a, a strong marriage, right? So that's our home. We work to build our marriages. But let's talk about, let's shift gears and talk about um, ministry, building a ministry. If you would, flip in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I don't have that one up here, so there's no cheating on this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. like I ate sand. My mouth is like a desert. Second Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to read quite a few verses here. Um, but you guys aren't freshmen in high school, so you can handle it. This is good. I don't even have to explain that. Like, you got this. We can read long passages. Okay. In verse 1 it says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, right, our, our, our body, if it were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So we are on earth building our house in heaven. We're doing ministry endeavors. We're leading people to the Lord. We're pursuing the word of God and the souls of men. We're building this building, right? Yeah? Right? And so if this body dies, we've got our house up there that we're building currently. That's kind of what we're talking about here. So for in this, in this building, in this knowing that we've got this body here on earth, in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon uh, with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. In other words, we're building ministry, we're doing ministry endeavors, and we're, we're waiting for that day where we'll be clothed with righteousness. We'll be in heaven. We'll have our mansion that Jesus is preparing, but we, we're building this house that's going to be presented at the judgment seat of Christ, right? Before Jesus, we're building this building, and we want that. It's not that we want to die and we're creepy. It's just that we want... We want that mortality to be swallowed up. This life is hard because in this body, in this flesh, it's hard. We're groaning. We're burdened, right? Now, <clears throat> he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Here it is. Therefore, we are always confident, 
knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor. We labor. We know that we know that it's coming. We know that it's a struggle here, but we labor. Because there's a better thing on the other side of it. We labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We labor. Because we've got to be accepted. We, we want to be approved. We want to, we want to bring honor and satisfaction to Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. So it's hard, but we, we go at it, right? So the key consideration here is in our marriages, in our ministries, in the midst of struggle, we labor, we work, we build, right? Now, <clears throat> many of you are involved in ministry, yeah? Lots of you are serving in Kid Town and hospitality and AV and worship and all of the different areas and facets of ministry. How many of you in ministry have learned what it feels like to struggle, to be tired, to be burdened? How many of you, how many of you know that feeling? Right? And what's the answer? Well, we just give up. <laughs> when we don't give up, what do we do? We say, well, the ministry's got a need. We got to show up. I'm proud of Celia. In particular, I'm going to call her out here. Celia and the, and the group just recently in youth ministries decided we, we've got to own this ministry, right? We don't want the adults doing it. We want to do it. And so Celia has kind of volunteered to be uh, with, with a team, be the, um, the hospitality, the food, the snacks person. She's going to make sure there's food and snacks for people when they show up to our class on Sunday, right? That's necessary. Amen? Amen. We need snacks, okay? And so she's got a rotation. She's got people who have signed up and said, we're going to bring snacks. But you know what Sally has done each and every week since we've established this? She went the night before or the day, a couple days before, and she bought muffins and she bought snacks to make sure that there were snacks. She's tired. She told me one, one week, it was at like 1230, she got home. Got to get some muffins. At 1230, I've been asleep for like three hours. <laughs> right? She shows, shows up at home, and, and she's, she recognizes there's a need in ministry. She's tired, but she's got to do it. That's what we do in ministry. It's hard, but we, we labor, we work, and we build, right? Okay, so Proverbs 24. Let's keep moving through the, the verses here. 24 verses 5 through 7. Kind of explains how a person can do that. It's tired, it's hard. But it says, a wise man is strong. Yea, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in multitude of counselors there is safety. Wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. We'll get to that verse here in a little bit. But in terms of building our ministry and building our lives, I want to submit to you three stages. This is what it looks like to be strong, to, to get into ministry and thrive. Even in the midst of struggles, there's three stages. Number one, there's the foundation. What's the foundation of this house, what we're building? What's the foundation? Christ, right? Jesus Christ is the foundation. But 
The other, the, the verse I'd like to draw your attention to is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 through 15. It says, this is what Paul says to Timothy, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of them of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, Jesus Christ is in salvation, but how do we get to salvation? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by So in other words, you need the word of God to have this foundation built, right? You need the word of God. If you don't have the Bible, you don't have salvation. All you have is warm fuzzies. Warm fuzzies don't get you a relationship with God. You need the word of God to have the saving relationship. And so what it looks like is you hear the word of God. You receive Christ into your heart for salvation. Then as Paul instructs Timothy here, you continue in those scriptures and you grow. Right. Which brings us to the next stage. You've got the foundation and then you've got the fashioning. You've got the fashioning. Which is like filling the rooms with precious and pleasant um, stuff, right? <laughs> so the fashioning looks kind of like this. First John chapter 2, verse 14. And we're going to jump into kind of the middle of the verse there. It says, says this. John says, I have written unto you young men. This is college and young adults, right? So I'm, I'm going to speak to you as if you're young men or young women. I feel like I'm a young man. And he says, I write, I've written unto you young men because you are strong. And what's that look like? And the word of God abideth in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. So you continue in the word and you let it abide in you and it grows you and it strengthens you to fulfill what will be next, the function. But you have to grow in the word. You get saved by the word and then you grow in the word. And then all of a sudden you can do, you see that God has gifted you to profit the body and you're serving your ministry and you're, you're fashioning your life, so to speak. You're fashioning this ministry home with this different service. Is this making sense? And you do all of that for the the function, right? Which is the third phase. And here's a couple verses. Psalm 119, verse 24. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. So the word of God, those are my counselors. Right? You see that? And the multitude of what we make our war. From Proverbs 24, if you remember, it said, In the multitude of counselors, we make our war. That's, where, that's, that's how you go to war. You have a team. Okay, well, our team, while well, we do need each other, we are, we are a team. We need the word of God to go to war, right? I can't reasonably say I'm going to go to work tomorrow, and I'm going to stand for Christ, and I'm going I'm to look for opportunities to minister to people and, and I'm going to, you know, Tuesday night we're going to have, we're going to hang out and we're going to preach the gospel. I can't reasonably say that if I'm not also saying I need God's word to lead and, and guide every moment of that. Right? I can't go to war unless I have my counselors, unless I have the word. Proverbs 24, 6, like it says, for by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. First Timothy 1.18, Paul said, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. If you're a believer and you're growing in the word, 
you're doing that not just so that you can be saved, but so that you can go to war. We're soldiers in the Lord's army. Right? That's pretty exciting. But we get saved, we grow, we go to war. And our key consideration is we go to war for the souls of men and, and then we struggle. And then it's just hard. And then life sets in. Right? Like, like you literally have to go to work. Like Sunday morning, and this is not a dig at you at all. This is not a, this is not a bad thing. But this is like a party in here. I mean, we're like praising the Lord. There's people raising their hand. It's awesome. We're giving praise and worship to God. And there's nothing like it. There's no place that, that we would rather be than right here on Sunday morning, right? Because it's good because you know your brothers and sisters are here to love on you and encourage you. And we've got snacks. Amen. It's a good place. But then we have to wake up, some of us, at 5.30, 6 o'clock, 6.30 tomorrow morning, and the party's over. Because we got to go to work. Or we got to go to school. Whatever grind you have to go to, you go and, and it sucks. Right? So if I can be honest, uh, being the youth pastor here and being a teacher, I teach high school at Grand View, Grand View High School, and there are times where I feel like I, I can't do both of those roles. Like, honestly, my kids at Grandview High School, if I'm doing my job well, I'm doing it at, up to the expectations of my administration. I'm giving my life to that job. And some of you, if you're a school teacher, you know that. Some of you, your job expects the exact same thing. If you're going to do well, you've got to go all in. Right? Okay, well, I am clearly called to provide for my wife, for my daughters, but I'm also clearly called to pastor and shepherd and love and invest in these students here at, at this church. At, at this church, I'm called to invest here. But that requires that I give my whole life as well. And I don't have two lives, I've only got one. So what do I do? I struggle. I cry. <laughs> I vent and complain to my wife when she tells me to grow up. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She's never done that. <laughs> we struggle. But, you know, I, but there's an answer for that struggle. But, but if I can be very, very transparent, okay? So at my job, like I said, I feel split. I feel like I've got to give all to you guys at Grandview High School. I've got to give all to Grandview High School. But then I've also got to give it all to MBT student ministry, and MBT is a church. I've got to give more than I have, right, in terms of time and everything. And at my work, I, uh, at the end of last year, last year was just a really, really hard year for me. I was just like feeling like I was out of gas, I was running in circles. And the administration, um, they came into my room, and they observed, are there any principals in here? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I'm unloading on principles. No. no, I'm just kidding. I love my principles, um, kind of. So my principles, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I really do. So they come into my room, and as a teacher, they observe me, right? And they have their, their laptop or their iPad, and they come in, and they don't say anything to me. And I'm watching them the whole time, like trying to teach my class, and I'm watching them. 
and they're watching me, <laughs> and they're watching my students, and then they go and they talk to my students. And I know what they're asking, they're like, hey, what are you guys doing there? And they're trying to get my student to say, dude, I have no idea. <laughs> because my students don't. They don't know what's going on. They don't. And so, amen. So, you know, okay. So then, my students, because they love me, they're like, oh, yeah, we're doing that. And they rattle off some crazy, awesome academic jargon, and they're like, yeah, we're totally engaged. She's doing think pair share. And we've done like analysis of the text four times. <laughs> and they literally they tell me they're like, dude, Mr. Grayson, we got you, man. <laughs> so so last last year at the end, um, the, we didn't I wasn't very good at playing the game, okay? I didn't train my kids to to lie to the administrators. <laughs> I was against that, right? I, I didn't want to, I wanted to, I wanted to do it honestly. And where I was at, I was not up to the expectations. And so there were times where the principals came in and my kids were honest. They were like, well, no. Um, and the administrators saw me doing things in class where it wasn't up to their expectation. I was tired. I was worn out. I, I felt like I had given everything I had. But it wasn't enough. And so <clears throat> one principal, he was the guy who was over me and was gonna write the official report or whatever. He calls me into his office. Well, actually, he sent me an email. He's like, hey, can we meet? <laughs> if that's not terrifying, I don't know what is. Like, so I, I emailed him, I was like, yeah, about what? Like, can you give me an idea of what I'm walking into? And he, he it explained that we needed to come up with a plan moving forward. So I, get, I come into his office, and I knew what he was going to say. I knew what it was. And he said, we need to put you on a, a professional improvement plan, a PIP. That's like a cuss word in <laughs> education. <laughs> and it's basically just that you're not doing a good enough job, and the administration knows it. And they say they want to support they want to support the teachers. And, and that's just kind of what they do. I was basically in trouble for not doing my job well. And I told him, I was able to say, I don't agree with this. I don't. But my Bible tells me I've got to submit to you. You're in charge. And so, okay, I'm with you. I don't agree, but that doesn't matter. Whatever you say. So I walk out of the meeting. Long story short, uh, this year, I'm like, man, I really don't want to have to jump through these hoops and do this paperwork for this PIP and all this. And God has given a lot of grace. I haven't really had, like, they haven't even, knock on wood, they haven't talked to me about this PIP this year. I haven't done anything with it. It just kind of got blown under the rug, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they forgot. <laughs> um, but nothing has happened of it. But I tell you what, man, I was feeling then, and I was feeling this year even just worn out and tired. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4 gives us an answer, okay? I don't want to just stand up here and complain to you about my job. <laughs> There's an answer for it. 2 Corinthians 4.15 says, For all things are for your sakes. It's for my sake that I did not meet the, the standard. I dropped the ball. Through pride, through whatever, I thought I was okay, and then I dropped the ball. And that was for my sake. To what end? That the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. It was for my sake that we can just give thanks for it and God can be glorified. For which cause we faint not, 
But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Day by day, it's renewed. For our light affliction. It was a light affliction, which is but for a moment. It was just for a moment. <laughs> Thank the Lord they forgot. <laughs> what it does is it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Me struggling at my job because I wasn't doing a good enough job is not, is not the point. Me wanting to give my life to both my job and those students. I've gotten, I've got, God has used me to share the gospel with several students, even in this room, several students, and there's probably about a hundred or more. And that was my primary focus, and the job was secondary, which I thought was right. But then I've also got the ministry, and I find myself in this struggle, in this battle. And my outward man was perishing, and my inward man was perishing. I was like struggling, I was like depressed. I was mad. Like, Lord, I'm going to quit my job. And I'm going to do something totally different. I know you called me to be a teacher, but I'm going to leave that and do something else. I'm going to be a full-time pastor. And God was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was just my reality. But what I came to realize is this key consideration for a biblical perspective of our struggles. We must continually prioritize the Bible. Well, duh. For a biblical perspective of our struggles, of work, of our job, of our ministry, of our marriage, we must continually, day by day, we have to be renewed. It's not once a week. Day by day, I'm renewed. My inner man is strengthened, and I can, I can prioritize the Bible. I can priorities, prioritize these things, and God can lead me. And what he led me in that particular instance was, hey, listen, your job is important. Those students are important. You do need to humble yourself. That was for me. Humble yourself and do the job right. You were hired to write a lesson plan and to execute it and to make sure your students are learning. It's a work. It's going to be a struggle. Okay. Good. My priorities had gotten off. This is good for me, guys. This is good. I needed this. Because Proverbs 24, back to our, our key text here, verses 10 through 12, it says this. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. We're going to pivot from there in just a second, but I was fainting. How many of you are in adversity and you're fainting? There's several of us. We're in adversity, and we're fainting. Our strength is small. How do we get strong? How do we grow strong? By prioritizing the Bible, right? If you're struggling in adversity, talking to myself, I would challenge in question, what does your daily time in the Word with God look like? And I know for me, asking myself that question, super humbling. 
I read my Bible every day. I'm preparing to preach. But my communion, my fellowship, hearing God's heartbeat, like John had his, had his head lying on Jesus's, on his chest, I don't feel like that's what my quiet time looks like. And I'm struggling. Man, we have to prioritize sweet, honest, not rushed, not mandatory time with God. And we grow in strength. And we don't faint in that day of adversity. So as we shift gears here, he says this, If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? So again, what we see is, okay, so I get to work, whatever. The goal is, at work, I need to execute my lesson plan, but I also need to minister to my students. That ought to be a priority with doing my job well, right? That ought to be up there. I need to still minister to, to whoever God asks me to, whoever God sends me to. I have to be able to willing and able to open my mouth and share the word of God with them. That's important. That's necessary. And if I say, no, I've got this job, I, can't, I don't have time for these students. And that spiritual relationship, I don't have time. I've got my lesson plan. I've got my whatever. I've got all these hours I have to work in a week. Or maybe it's I don't I don't feel I don't feel like it. I don't feel like I'm qualified or able to share my testimony with someone at work. I don't feel like I, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I can do that. Or maybe it's you know, there's an opportunity, and, and, and we miss it, which we all do. We all miss opportunities. We're weak, right? But maybe there's an opportunity, and you say, well, I didn't know. God, I didn't know if that was, did you want me to do that? Or, I don't know, probably not. Okay, let's move on. Man, the person who excuses ministry, you excuse work, well, you get that figured out, and you're going to work your job, but then you excuse ministry. Well, God knows your heart. He knows my heart, right? He knows where I'm at with that. And so we have two, two choices here, because he says, if thou, if thou, if thou, we're given, we're given the, the decision to either press in and pursue the word of God and the souls of men and do our job well, to just grind it out, quit ye like men, be strong, we can, we can stand up, or we can let the obsession of our careers slash, which is the same thing, or the neglecting of our responsibilities, we can let that consume us. And we could be weak. And we could just fall and struggle and distance ourselves. Right? We have that choice. So Ephesians 6 kind of gives us our solution here. Last two verses here. Ephesians 6 verse 5 through 8 says this. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. When my principal called me in, because I was struggling in the midst of all the things that are going on. And then I read that, I was like, oh man, I'm missing that mark. 
I'll, I'll be obedient to him. I'm not going to fear and tremble at his presence. Like, who's this guy? Right? I've got ministry to do. I'm, a good, I'm good at my job. And singleness of your heart as unto Christ. That takes humility. Right? Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And so it, it is just like a job. So we're talking about working. We're talking about in our marriages. We're talking about in ministries. We're talking about in our actual jobs. All of these things were, required, were, were, were asked and required to work, to be strong. And just like those jobs or just like those areas of your life, there is reward when you're obedient to it, right? If you have a job, you get paid. And if you don't, you need a new job, right? <laughs> In ministry, if, if Kylie and I are willing to work at this thing and to improve it and, and we're fulfilling our, our appropriate roles, our marriage is awesome, right? I think our marriage is awesome, but I, I, I also know that, man, we've got to keep working at it because there is a reward from that. And your ministries, guys, we know that there is a reward. You know that if you're willing to just be strong, and to do the work, do whatever God is asking you to do, that there is a reward for that. So whatever assignment it is, man, you just say, yes, Lord. Now, I'll tell you this, okay? And I didn't conveniently place this in this message just right after I said that on purpose. But in the student ministry, okay, there's lots of students. And um, there's about, in the high school class, there's about, 35, 40 kids, and there's visitors coming in frequently. And Mike is in there, and Lauren is in there, and Kylie, and the Fife's, and the Murphy's, and the Rouse. And it sounds like I just named a million people, but we're shorthanded. And so what that means is, um, just like Kidtown has a monthly rotation, where you can come in and serve once a month, and then you can be in Kaya or do whatever other ministries you have, you can pop in, make an investment, and then you're not committing your entire life to that ministry. You can do that in student ministry now. Now I tell you, man, I, I, I don't want to twist anyone's arm to do that, but there is an opportunity in student ministry for you to just come in, be friends, and give your life on any given week or weekend to just love on kids. That's there. So maybe you're not plugged into 100 ministries. I think that's like a cliche about Kyle. You guys guys overcommitted? <laughs> There's a smirk and a giggle. That means yes, right? Okay, well, if that's not you, if you're new to ministry, or if you've been around for a while and you're like, Lord, what would you have for me? Or maybe you've been around for a while and you're like, I want to go make that investment. We want you. You just got to email me and say, hey, I want in. And we can work out the details. You can find that info on, online. If you, if you want to do that, we want you. Um, but that's not an assignment for everyone. But if it is, I want you. <laughs> um, so I'm going to conclude here. I think we're, we're early because um, the Chiefs are playing, right? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> kidding, not kidding. Okay. <laughs> I want to conclude and leave you with this charge, all right? Proverbs 24, verse 13 and 14. Here's, here's what we're, we're left with. He says, My son, eat thou honey. Because it is good, and the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy taste, 
So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. When thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. It's right there. For your marriages, for your ministries, for your careers. Eat the honey. Right? Eat the honey. Every day, day by day, inner man renewed. Every day, for the sake, for the sake of our marriages, for the sake of our ministries and our testimonies at work, eat thou the honey. Let's pray. Lord, God, I'm humbled, and and I know that you know coming into today and coming into this morning, I knew that you were preparing this and, and working in my heart um, just to, to, to kind of process what the last year has looked like for me at work. And um, God, I want to submit. I want to humble myself and just present myself at your feet every day. I want to eat the honey, the honeycomb. I want to take in your word. I want fresh bread daily. I want my inner man to be strengthened. I want to be mighty. I want to be strong. I want to be wise. Because, God, I want to be used by you to bring you glory. And, God, I want that reward. And so, Lord, whatever this struggle looks like, we hope that today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in his word. For more information about Kaya, for service times and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.live.